Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. We're really wrapping up our series entitled Am I Okay? And it's a series about the mental health, the inner health, the inside, what's going on on the inside. And, uh, and I think it's good every once in a while to check with yourself, how am I doing? Am I okay? You know, but at the end of this series, I want you to not just ask that question, I want to give you a statement that you can say over yourself, despite wherever you're at, um, whatever you're going through, when you check, am I okay, I want you to be able to say, but I'm going to be. No matter what the answer, no matter what the answer, you're going to be. Because the Holy Spirit has partnered with you. God is going to walk with you. Am I okay? Maybe not, but I'm going to be. Am I okay? I'm going through trouble, but I'm going to be. Am I okay? I'm doing okay now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be even better tomorrow. Come on, am I okay? I'm going to be. And I'm, I'm excited to wrap up this series, and I, I really just want to share a, 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 just a, a simple thing and a short thing that I feel like God's speaking to me that, that I, I, hope, I hope translates and, and, and speaks to you, and, and in this spirit of unity in this place today, um, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak to all of us and Today, I want to speak to you about how to have an unshakable spirit, how to have an unshakable spirit. Over the past few weeks, we've been going through all of these different, um, different stories all over the Bible, with, starting with the Good Samaritan and going into uh, the, the three Hebrew children and the fiery furnace, and then the last three weeks, we've been in Hebrews 12, and we really have been going through the entire chapter of Hebrews 12, which is one of the most complicated chapters in the whole Bible. It's, 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 it's cosmic. It's huge. It's huge. It has to do with the beginning and the end. It's, it's this great chapter, and we've been looking at it, seeing kind of what does it mean to us. And at the end of this chapter in Hebrews, God talks about a mighty shaking that is to come. Talks about a, a, a powerful shaking that has happened, but then he says, yet once more, there will be a shaking that will happen. And I, I want you to know today that God shakes you to make you unshakable. God shakes you to make you unshakable. I think sometimes the problem that we have is we want God to do a deep work with only a little discomfort. You know, we want God to do a deep healing, but we don't want the hurt of, of a surgery. You know, we don't, we, we don't want the, the difficulty of him digging. But the reality is if God is going to do some deep healing, he's going to have to do some deep surgery. And if he's going to do a deep work, it's going to take a deep shaking. And the reality is God does come and shake you. And he does allow a shaking. But make no mistake, it's always for you. It's always for you. He is working. He always will be working. And he is working on your behalf. Even when you sleep, the Holy Spirit is working on your behalf. He is not against you. He is not here to harm you. And even when God begins to work, even if it hurts a little bit, make no mistake, he's saying this will hurt for a minute, but I got to yank this thing out of you because it's poisoning the rest of you. Yes, you will be shaken, but God's goal is to set a strong spirit in you. A strong spirit in you. God wants to put a spirit that is so strong that despite the circumstances, you can have peace in the storm. That, that's Jesus, right? That's Jesus. 
It's not that there wasn't not a storm going on, but Jesus is sleeping in the boat. And it's almost like that's real peace. We think peace is when there's no storm, but I think the true and greater peace is when there is a storm, but I can rest in it. I can sleep through it, knowing that he's for me, he's got me, he's working, and with two words, he can change the environment in my life. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. And and so I believe that God wants to set a strong spirit in you, and I believe that God wants to set a strong spirit in our church. Let me tell you something about our church over its 30-year history. It is a warring, powerful, mighty church. It It is a moving church. It's what it has always been. And I tell you what, we got to be a strong church to be in this region of New England, which seems to have been abandoned by, by, by church or, or by religion or, or, or sometimes even by God. But I, I'm here to tell you, God has not abandoned this region. He's not abandoned your family. He's not abandoned you. And when the shaking comes and when the difficulty comes and when the storms come, know that it is only to set something strong and deep and mighty, and powerful, that when you're going to begin to speak, you're going to speak from a depth that would only be there if God shook you. God shook you. And that's what God comes to do. That's what God comes to do, because he wants to establish something strong. God wants his church to be strong, not little, not weak, not falls at the first thing that goes wrong. He doesn't want a church that hits a bump and goes off the road, loses control. He's going to build a strong church. But a strong church comes from strong people. Strong people. Powerful community. People that got each other's back. People that know how to pray. Mothers and, 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 and fathers and brothers and sisters that are in this thing together. Make no mistake, God wants to create a strong church by setting a strong spirit within your heart and soul. Can you say amen? And that's what Hebrews is saying. It's saying that God wants to give a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The promise is a greater kingdom, which thank God, because our kingdoms aren't that great. Our kingdoms are very shakable. Civilizations rise and they fall at the blink of an eye. Emperors rise and fall at the blink of an eye. One civilization, one kingdom, one structure after another rises and falls, but God comes to say, I'm going I'm to establish an everlasting, a supernatural, and an unshakable kingdom. He comes to establish a greater kingdom, to give a greater grace, and to be a greater king. That's who Jesus is, and that's what he came to do, was to establish the kingdom. And, and so he even says it to everyone that's around him. He says, the kingdom is in your midst, because he's the king. And he's establishing a new kingdom. That's God's goal. But in order to establish a supernatural, powerful, eternal kingdom, he has to shake off the little, the temporal, the tiny, the weak, the man-made kingdoms. He's trying to create a juxtaposition here to show us what matters and what's worthy, and to show us what God is making. And so, so man makes the Tower of Babel, but God says that is a weak and small and inefficient thing. What I want to build is something so much more greater, and I'm not going to build a structure. I'm going to build people. I'm going to build strong spirits. I'm going to build, I'm going to build steady hearts. I'm going to build faith-filled tongues. Can you say amen? amen. But, but, but that, that it, think about it. When, 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 when Jesus is going to begin his ministry, He first enters into a time of temptation, and one of the temptations that Satan comes with is the temptation that if you would just bow and worship me, 
What does Satan say? I will give you all my kingdoms. Because he is a prince and a ruler of the air, and, and, and the only authority that Satan has is what God has given to him, but he does have authority. And, 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 and he, he brings Jesus up to this high place, and he says, just worship me, and I'll give you all of my kingdoms. Why did, why did Satan offer that? You know, why was that a temptation for, for Jesus? Because, see, what Satan was trying to do was tempt Jesus out of his purpose. Which, by the way, is exactly what he tries to do with us. It's exactly what he tries to do with us. See, Jesus' purpose was to come and to establish a supernatural, eternal kingdom in the hearts of men and women. That's what God came to do. And Satan says, I'll give you the easy way out. You can still get worship. You can still be a ruler. You can still have kingdoms. But they're shakable ones. They're man-made ones. They'll rise and they'll fall. But I'll give you just enough so it looks like it's, it's fulfilling, but it falls short. But Jesus had to say, no, I'm going to do the harder thing. I'm going to go through the greater work. I'm going to endure more pain. I'm going to endure the shaking so that I can establish something that cannot be shaken, that will be eternal, will be everlasting. And, and it's like that's, what, that's the same thing Satan comes to us and says, I will give you an exchange. I'll give you some of what you want, but you're going to have to give me your worship. And it's never a good deal. Jesus says, no, I've come to establish kingdoms in people's hearts. And so, so when God brings a shaking, the writer of Hebrews says, at this time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more, I will shake not only heavens and the earth. Yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken. And, and the way you could read that is, it, it's a removal of the things that are shakable. It, here's, here's, here's what I'm trying to say. God shakes the shakable. God shakes the shakable. And, and, and the reality is we want the shakable to be shaken because the things that shouldn't be attached to you, shouldn't be on you, they only come off in the shaking. They only come off in, in the discomfort. They only come off when God puts his finger on it. It's the only way it works. And so God comes and he begins to shake your life, not to frustrate you, not because he's angry with you, but he's saying, I need to get some of these things off of you because sin clings, but God shakes. God shakes. Have, have you ever been uh, driving up, up in mountain, any mountain territories area and, and, and on, the, on the side, there's big nets on, on, uh, on the rocks. And there'll, there'll be signs that says, careful, you know, boulders falling and everything. And, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to put nets up there because there are, there, the, the, the geology of that region is that if there is a storm or if there is a wind or there is an earthquake, there's so much loose soil that will begin to fall. It can literally just fall into the road and, and cause damage. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of things on you that the minute a storm comes, gets so shaken up, it starts hurting everybody. And what God says is, I'm going to come, and I'm going to deal with this thing once and for all. I am going to shake you, but I'm going to shake this thing so that it's not always on the precipice of damaging everyone around you and damaging yourself. And so God says, I'm, I'm going to bring a true and final shaking to get this 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 topsoil, this junk, this shale off you so that bedrock remains, so that there's convictions, 
so there's values, so that there's character, but it only comes in the shaking. I know it's not something we're looking forward to, but I'm telling you, it's a deep and a mighty and a work that only God can do. You would never do it yourself, ever. You love comfort too much. You love Netflix too much. You love coffee too much. But God comes and says, I'm gonna do something. Now, if you wanna partner with God when he does something, begin to pray and begin to fast. Because as you begin to fast, you say, I'm gonna withhold this stuff, the comforts, because I'm gonna agree there's some junk in me that I need to get worked out. It only comes through the shaking. It only comes through the difficult places. Earthquakes expose. Earthquakes reveal. Now, there, there's a, a recent article on the earthquakes that have happened in California that, that they're finding thousands of year old fossils all over the place. And when there's the earthquakes, the, the ground shifts so heavily and the cracks come and they begin, the earth begins to split that they're finding things that have been buried and petrified for thousands of years in, in, in the soil. And it's, it's, a lot how, it's a lot how God wants to work in you and me is that when he brings that earthquake, it's to expose the things that have been dead on the inside of you for way too long. This thing's been dead for so long, it's petrified. It's hardened. And the worst part is it's buried. You don't even know it's in there. You say, why am I angry? Because something has died and petrified and hardened. Why am I reacting like that? Where's this addiction coming from? And, and, and it's not enough to just deal with the topsoil. There's something deep. And God says, I'm going to bring a mighty shaking. And when it does, it's going to burst something open. And here's the coffin. Here's the thing. It's wide open, but it's here for you to deal with now. It's here for you to bring before me now. It's here for you to get a book on and find counseling and go to the altar. It's here for you to agree with the Holy Spirit saying, I don't want this dead thing in my life anymore. I don't want this broken thing in my life anymore. I don't want this hardened thing in my life anymore. You know, the Bible talks about people that have hard hearts. I don't want to have a hard heart in my life. And the problem is with culture, a hard heart has almost become like a symbol of being cool. Like you can't smile, you can't laugh, you can't cry, because none of that's cool. But all of that is really just a symptom of hurt that is petrified over time. And hurt becomes hardness. And now you have to always have a mean face on. I'm in church. I got a mean mug. Don't tell a joke. Don't sing a song. I'm here for the coffee. How you have to walk around. I mean, I get it. Some of it's New England. Some of it's just it's always cold, but it's only some of it. It's like, I don't want that to be in my life. I don't, I don't want to have a heart that's so hard every time God wants to plant a seed in it to bring forth a harvest. It's got to use dynamite. I want to have good soil. I want to have good soil. Like, I want God to be able to speak to me. I want God to be able to convict me with a whisper. Sometimes we make God get a megaphone. Like one of those weapons of war with decibels that's coming at you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're withstanding the conviction. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> like a superhero. It's like, whoa, and the person's like, whoa. God's like, don't go. Like, I'm going. <laughs> I want to have that kind of heart. 
<laughs> Think about it when Elijah was in that cave. The Bible says that God came in a fire and he came in a wind, but when he's really going to speak, he's going to speak in a still small voice. He's going to speak in a whisper because really powerful people don't have to yell. When you got the upper hand, you don't have to rant and rave. God is so mighty and so powerful, but he's saying, lend your ear towards me. It's difficult maybe with all the noise and all the shouting and all the stuff that we allow in our life, and I think that's why God allows the shaking so that you get away from the normal into a place where you can finally hear him. And he can begin to do surgery on your heart and on your life. The shaking exposes, and shaking exposes weaknesses, you know? It's like the things that collapse in a storm, maybe were never strong to begin with. And it's not like the storm caused the collapse. The storm reveals a collapse. It reveals weakness that was already there. Yeah, there's a tree in my front yard. I've used this illustration a couple times, but <laughs> it's what I primarily see when I'm studying. And it's a dead tree, you know, and, and it's taken a couple different seasons for the tree to exemplify all of the different, um, all of the different uh, personifications of deadness that is found in trees. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. <laughs> but we had a, a really bad windstorm the other day, and, and like the tree looked fine, and then we had this windstorm, and now... All of the branches are, are ripped and thrown down. All of the leaves. This thing is broken to pieces, absolutely broken. But the windstorm didn't make that thing weak. It exposed that it already was weak. When the storm comes and when the earthquake comes, it's not because God's trying to make life difficult for you. It's because God's saying there's some weaknesses here. There's some structural things that don't have integrity here. There's some places when the storm comes, they're going to collapse, but he's going to expose it now for your own good and say, let's begin to work on this thing. Let's begin to pray over this thing. And can I, can I say this? Not, I don't want to always just preach in the negative. You know, in the positive, sometimes the earthquakes come and it exposes that you do have some strength on the inside of you. Sometimes it comes and you say, I do have some bedrock. I do have some values. Sometimes you don't know who you are until you go through something that you declare, this is who I am. And that only comes when the earthquake begins to become of higher magnitudes. I was speaking with a saint in our church uh, uh, this, this past week who's dealing with cancer, and she said, if this didn't happen to me, I would have never known what's in me. Sometimes when the worst things happen and the worst news happen and the shaking comes, you find a solid rock, a cornerstone. The one whom the builders rejected is the one that I've made my chief cornerstone in my life. I begin to know who I'm going to stand on, Jesus and Jesus alone. Every other thing that you build your life on will fail. But when you build your life on Jesus and the storms come, the house remains intact. Because you got a strength on the inside of you. You got a spirit that's helping you. You got people surrounding you. You got a community that's praying for you. Come on, you got, you got a heart's desire for God. And so when the shaking comes, the shale falls off, but the bedrock remains. This is who I am. And, and, and this, is, this is what God is looking to do. And, 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 and I guess. I guess the good news is when the shaking comes, know that's an indication that God is going to remove some things, but he's going to build some things into your life as well. God wants to give you a spirit uh, that grows strong, that grows strong. You know, it might take a year, it might take two years, it might take 10 years, but God's 
goal is that your spirit grows strong. Does that make sense? That your spirit gets that junk, that mud, that sludge. Sin slows you down. But when the shaking comes, God gets that junk off and he says, I'm going to make you strong and I'm going to move you forward. You know that God's goal is to shake the world. His goal is to shake the world. God says, I've done it before, but yet once more, I will shake not, also, not only the earth, but also the heavens, so that anything that can be shaken will be shaken, so that only the unshakable remains. This is what God's trying to do. He's trying to show, I'm here to establish a kingdom. It's got a way. It's got a system. It's got messengers. By the way, this kingdom of God, it's strong. It's got angelic armies. Jesus is at the head of this thing. God is at the throne. Jesus is at the right hand. It's got systems and structure. Just so you know, that's not theoretical. He is going to establish a kingdom. And, and sometimes we always talk about heaven, but, but do you know that God's going to establish a kingdom, a new heaven, and a new earth? He's going to establish a new earth. He's going to give you a new body that's going to exist in his new kingdom where there's no more weeping and there's no more pain, but there's healing and there's justice and there's Christ-likeness. That's the goal. It's a new kingdom. And he's building towards that. And the bride is what he's going to usher into that. The bride is the church of Jesus Christ. But in order to show the difference between the man-made thing, the weak thing, the temporary thing, the little kingdoms of, 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 of lust, the little kingdoms of greed, the little kingdoms of getting more, the little kingdoms of self, God has to shake those things to expose they got no power in them. So don't live under them. Don't base your life on them. God has to bring a shaking to show his kingdom is the thing that is going to remain. It's going to rule. It's the thing you want to base your life on and you want to get around. So this is why God does shake the world. He shakes the world because he wants to expose a new thing, a better thing, a greater thing, what he's building. And you know who he uses? He uses the least likely and a lot of times the least likable. It's who he uses. I mean, you think about like Martin Luther, uh, the, the, the friar in, in Germany, to, 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 for it to be him that starts the greatest awakening that we've ever seen called the Reformation. If you read about his life, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. This dude was a weird guy. And he was so down on himself, and he hated himself, and he thought he was nothing. And God looks at the earth and says, who am I going to use to start the greatest revival mankind's ever seen? This guy. And even Martin Luther would say, me? Me? You know, there's a great story about Martin Luther. I shouldn't preach. This is not my point, but it's a great story that I like. He was so filled with fear and so filled with nervousness. The first time he was going to do communion and the first time he was going to lift the cup up, for communion and bless it. He was so nervous because he, you know, I don't know if you know, the Catholics believe it's the real blood of Christ. We believe that it's symbolic. But he was so nervous about this in the moment of the transformation of the blood of Christ that he dropped the blood of Christ everywhere. <laughs> and he looks up and he sees his dad who was standing in the corner who shook his head and his dad walked out because <laughs> his dad didn't want him to be, a, a, not even his dad thought this guy could lead an awakening. And God's like, you're my boy. <laughs> it's amazing. He uses the least likely. I mean, think about this. Think about this. Think about, think about um, uh, the one that, that God is going to use to usher in Jesus. He chooses the cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist. And, and before you think, you know, like, man, John the Baptist, God says, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to put him in the desert, and he's going to wear a loincloth. Come on. A loincloth? They had robes. Why is this guy wearing loincloths? And he's going to eat locusts. That's going to be his deal. I mean, this guy seems the least likely, and honestly, I don't know, it's like, is, is it, 
hygienic? I mean, what's he, what's he wearing that for? It couldn't get a weirder person. And God's like, now, tell him about Jesus. And he says the most powerful thing when Jesus comes over the hill. It's one of my favorite moments of scripture. He says, behold the lamb. Think of that. Behold the lamb who comes to take away the sins of the earth. It's incredible. It's like, and you know what I love about it too? It's like it's family, you know? So like all the people are already skeptical. It's like, isn't that his cousin? Do you think that they like talked about this growing up? Like is this, but God says, I'm not gonna make faith easy for you. I'm gonna shake it a little bit. I mean, think about Moses. God goes to choose Moses. And, and, and he says to Moses from a burning bush, Moses, you're my guy. You're gonna go and you're gonna lead my people out of Egypt, out of slavery, into the promised land. And Moses says, it can't possibly be me that you're choosing to be your mouthpiece to Pharaoh. I don't speak good. I stutter. You want me to be God's mouthpiece? Is this some kind of joke? God's mouthpiece? can't speak well. And God's like. And then Moses goes on and says, but God, the last Egyptian I saw, I murdered. God's like, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. They, they'll probably remember that. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And then, and then he says, and, and more than that, Pharaoh is like my half brother. We grew up together. And he's already nervous that I'm coming to take the throne. God's like, oh, that's a political sticky situation. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're it. <laughs> and Moses says, but don't you remember, don't you remember that I, I murdered that Egyptian because he was mistreating my people. And when I turned to my people, they said, who the heck are you? Get out of here. <laughs> Nobody wants Moses. The Egyptians don't want Moses. The Israelites don't want Moses. Moses doesn't want Moses. He's living in the backside of the desert of Saudi Arabia. He's 80 years old. And God's like, my man. We're going to lead this thing together. And he, comes, he becomes one of the greatest leaders that mankind has ever seen. And it's like, maybe God wants to shake up the way we think he works. Maybe God wants to bring an awakening in a way that it's got to be God. It's got to be God because he wants all the glory. He is a jealous God. It's almost like God, when he brings a shaking, he's going to bring it in unexpected ways through unexpected people. When I look at all these people, seeing whom he chooses, the least likely people, I wonder, can he choose you? Can he choose me? Can he choose us? And maybe you won't stand in front of Pharaoh, but can I say this? Whoever you do stand in front of, God has put you there in your family, in your workplace, in your surrounding, so that your life, your words, and your actions will cause a shaking of what's been settled. He wants to cause a shaking. And by the way, by the way, when people in life begin to get shook, they'll go to those that know what is this and what's happening and will you pray with me? Will you pray for me? Will you believe with me? Why? Because God is going to use you. He's going to use you in almost like, not despite your shortcomings, almost because you have shortcomings. That's why God is going to choose to use you. And he's going to use you in incredible ways, in powerful ways. But by the way, that's why he's going to shake you. He's going to shake you because he's going to get the junk off of you. 
to make, put a strong spirit in you so that he can begin to shake things around you. Amen? That's, that's, that's who God is. And, and I, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I really do feel, I feel a shaking happening in the church, and I feel a shaking happening in, in, the, in the time right now. I feel something new is happening. I feel like there's tremors in the spirit world. I don't know if you feel it, but I feel it just a little bit. Things are so, and it's not because they're so great. It's kind of because they're so confusing. It's like anything that can be shaken will be shaken. All of our structures are being shaken. All of the things we believed in are being shaken. All of the the things we thought would never fail are failing. And it's almost like, what is happening? And it's almost as if God's trying to shake the temporary, the little the man made to expose the eternal kingdom that he's trying to build in the hearts of people. There's something supernatural happening. And, and, and I, just, I just sense it. I feel it. And, and I, think, I think about what God promised to hear. He says, yet once more. Yet once more. And I agree with that. Yet once more, God, bring another awakening. Yet once more, God, do something powerful in New England. Yet once more, God, I know I screwed up. I know I'm a failure. But God, yet once more, use me again. Yet once more, continue to work in me. Come on, yet once more, use our church, oh God. I feel a shaking beginning, you know? And, it, and I really think it's God because it doesn't seem man-made. It, it seems, seems fresh, it seems new, and it seems like it makes no sense. It's almost like God looks down and says, how can I shake politics and, and art and music and the next generation all at once. How do I shake these things all at once? And God looks at an angel and says, hey, do you know if Kanye West is available? And the angel's like, I'll check. I don't know. I'm telling you, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But it's almost like God's taken... He's like made a perfectly made bomb and he sticks it right on the main pillar and it's just going to blow out all the other pillars. And the bomb's name is Kanye West. And he just sticks it right there and he's like, go ahead, go off. Let's see what happens. It's going to be destructive. It's like when Samson goes to the two middle pillars and brings down the entire organization, all of the leaders and the Philistines and everything. And, and Samson at this point, I mean, he has failed, failed his whole life. His eyes are plucked out. I mean, he's absolutely a shell of what it used to be. But once more, he pushes, and here comes this crashing. And it's like, what is happening? What is happening? And it's so God. It's so God what's, what's going on. And, and, and can, you, can you believe this? It's like every single, on every website, on every show, on Spotify, everywhere you go, in the movies, the title is Jesus is King. It's unbelievable. I was at the IMAX theater the other day, and this girl says, you want one ticket for Jesus is King? And I was like, what, what world am I living in? You know, but every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. You know, Jesus is King. It's amazing. And I, I'm, not, I'm not lifting him up as some savior. Jesus is the savior. What I'm saying is, it seems like Jesus still calls the Zacchaeuses in the world. 
He still calls those that are wealthy and influential, but yet know they're broken and know they need God. He still says to Zacchaeus, come down from that tree because I desire to have relationship with you. And can I say this? The crowd is still grumbling. All the religious people are still frustrated that it was Zacchaeus that was chosen. It's the Bible again and again and again. But I can see God working in this thing. I can see something strange happening. I can see an awakening of sorts. And I just thank God. But more than that, I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. I want him to use me. I want him to use us. I want our kids and our young people to see something more than what was. See the kingdom of God be established. And, and, and by the way, you might be in here and say like, well, you know, Kanye West has a lot of failures. You know, why are you, why are you preaching? Preach the word, son. You know, but that, maybe that's you. But can I say this? If all of your failures were published, the person sitting next to you would move a seat down. If all of your fa- failures were published. And, and more than that, I want to be like Paul saying, I don't know why they're preaching. Maybe they're preaching out of the wrong motivations. Maybe they even want to make money. But as long as the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached, I'm in. Shaking brings an awakening. Isn't it true? When you're really in a deep sleep and you are, you are out and someone needs to get your attention, a call isn't good enough. A voice isn't good enough. There has to be a shaking. There has to be a shaking to wake you up. And that's what Jesus is trying to do. He's bringing a shaking to wake you up. He's saying, come on, we got some work to do. We got some things to get out of you. I got some things to put in you. I got some things to do with the church. A shaking brings an awakening. And I've got good news for you today. When God shakes you, he does it in order to use you. Think about Peter and what he's going through right here. He's at the Last Supper with Jesus, and and Jesus calls him by, by his previous name, Simon. Because he's about to do something that wasn't Peter-like, but was Simon-like. You know, have you ever, when, when, have you ever come to Christ to change your name, but then you still go back to your old self for a second? That's what Simon's about to do. And so Jesus says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. Can I tell you there's some good news in here? Number one, Satan can only demand. You know, he has to ask God's permission to touch your life. He has to ask God's, yeah, he has authority, but this far and no further. Like when he came to Job and and God says, you can can shake Job, but you can only go this far and no further. I want you to know Satan cannot destroy you. He does not have final power over your life. Jesus has the final victory, the complete power over your life. We're going to pray that God puts a hedge of protection around our lives. And so, so he says Satan has demanded to have you, and it doesn't matter how much Satan demands. Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren, but Jesus is the one that stands in the gap for us. He demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. And and what this phraseology means, what this this example is, sifting is how they would would get the wheat from, the, the, the kernel of wheat from the chaff. And what they would do is they would literally have to tear it apart. They would have to tear it apart. So, so what, the kind of the idiom that Jesus is using that we would understand is Satan has demanded to tear you apart. That's the goal of Satan. He wants to tear your faith apart. He wants to tear your hope apart. He wants to tear your future apart. He wants to tear you apart. And then, and then his goal is that he wants to tear you from Christ so that the chaff falls away, but the wheat remains. In other words, that you'll fall away from faith. And, 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 and Jesus is telling Peter, this is what Satan's going to try and do now. 
He's going to attack your faith. He's going to slice. He's going to come after you. He's going to try and remove you from me. But Jesus gives him this promise, but I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. I've already done the work. I've already come on the other side of you. And he says this in his prayer is that your faith would not fail, but that you would return and you would strengthen your brothers. Come on, how awesome. How awesome is this? Jesus is saying, yes, you're going to go through a shaking. It's going to be difficult. It, it is going to be an attack. It, it, it will make you say, who am I and where am I headed? But Jesus comes on the other side and says, but even in the midst of the sifting and the shaking and the attack, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm praying for you. You're going to come back. You're going to come back better. And more than that, he gives his promise and go ahead and strengthen your brothers. Who's Peter to strengthen anybody when he just failed the night before? But Jesus is saying, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Even in your weakness, I'll be made strong. He's saying, I'm going to use you despite your weaknesses. And, 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 And so in Romans, we see Paul write this. So therefore, who is to condemn? Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. He didn't just pray for Peter. He's praying for you. He's praying for you. So if you're going through a shaking right now, if you're going through a very difficult time right now, know this. God's shaking you to make you unshakable. He's getting the junk off you to put a strong spirit in you. And and the enemy cannot have you because you are already Jesus' own. And right now, at this very moment, Jesus is at the right hand of the throne, throne interceding for you. He's got your back. He's praying for you. He's, he's, he's speaking goodness over you. And he's going to build something deep in you. Can you say amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.